Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to another episode of The Bird Calls. I'm your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. And joining me today is our editor-in-chief, Ali Cosell. Ali, you ready for Summer League, dude? Yeah, I am, man. I cannot wait to get on a plane on Saturday, although it's going to be awfully early. I forget when your flight is, but I know Kevin and I get out of here at 5 in the morning, 5.20, I think. 6 a.m. So I'll get an extra 40 minutes of sleep on you guys. I think I'm arriving at like 7.30. Anyway, I'm sure all of our listeners are thrilled to hear this information. Kevin, the Pelicans are locked in on Kyle. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello, Quinn. Have you publicly offered to house him yet? <laughs> Anything he wants is his. You know, I've always had that stance with Kylo Quinn forever since, you know, early days of the Orlando Magic. I've always really liked him. And I think, you know, especially you coming in, I mean, I don't want to make this too long because I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit. But, uh, you know, if you need a guy that's going to fill minutes for Boogie, if Boogie's coming back um, and you want to replicate what he does, you can't find a better guy out there than Kylo Quinn to do such things. Well, the Pelicans are certainly kicking the tires on what's available out there. It was said that they were interested in JaVale McGee, uh, let's see, Trevor Booker, Greg Monroe, as well as Kylo Quinn. I'm sure I'm forgetting another big man, but those are the ones that are presently coming to mind. Uh, let's let's go ahead and get started with the popular topic. Alfred Payton, one year, $2.7 million, according to Zach Lowe, a little bit above the minimum. So he will have to draw from either the mid-level or biannual. Ali predicted that the Pelicans will be using the biannual this year, not saving it till next year. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting because Alfred Payton is one of the two first-round picks that went in the Drew Holiday trade. And I was thinking how uh, 
how funny it would be or kismet uh, to say if the Pelicans added Nerlens Noel, but of course he just signed a two-year tender with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's go ahead and get started with Ali uh, because we already know that Kevin has a crush on Alfred Payton. Ali, what does this mean financially for the Pelicans? Well, it's kind of interesting that they're going to go to their backup point guard position, something they didn't do last season. Although, I mean, I guess you could call Jameer Nelson being brought in the middle of the season kind of being called as addressing it. But to have a guy that's actually been a legitimate starter in the league up until he comes to New Orleans Pelicans, that's kind of news. So, um, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not too enamored with the deal. So it's hard for me to be too positive. I mean, I know he's, he's still young, 24 years old. And um, he brings a lot of good stuff to the table. I mean, honestly, he's almost like a Rajan, you know, 10 year, 10, was it eight year younger Rajan Rondo out there where the guy can't shoot, hammered about his defense. You know, he's got his drawbacks that are quietest. But I guess the Pelicans just see enough that they can probably or think they can influence, mold him in some way, get him to become a much more productive player. And of course, you got to remember at the end of the day, it's, it's just one year, it's, it's almost at the minimum. Um, so it's, it's not really like as though they're taking a big chance on the guy or they're really tying up future seasons. And as we all know, guys, I think this is the biggest thing is we know how it hurt when Rajon Ronda wasn't on the court or especially if both he and Drew Holiday were off the offense just stalled. I was looking at some numbers and it was like, I think when both of those guys were off the court, the Pelicans scored about 10 points less per hundred possessions. That's just huge. Ali, uh, let me follow up with you because uh, what I really want from you, I'm going to have Kevin break down what Alfred Payton is going to bring to the Pelicans. I want for you to describe how significant it is that the Pelicans went over the veteran minimum as they did with Darius Miller to sign him and how that fits in possibly to the mid-level and biannual exceptions, the only two exceptions the Pelicans have to add talent now that they are operating over the salary cap. Sure. The biggest thing you take from this is the fact that the Pelicans aren't going to chase one guy um, one big name for their full MLE, uh, the non-taxpayer MLE, which is worth about $8.6 million. There was a question before really, yes, uh, before today, this morning, when we learned his figure of $2.71 million. We weren't sure if the Pelicans were going to either hard cap themselves or not, basically utilizing that full uh, MLE or utilizing the biannual because they could have avoided what, what, a, what a cap hard cap is. It's $6 million above the uh, tax line that a team cannot pass. And that's what the Pelicans did last year when they signed Darius Miller and Rajon Rondo there and uh, Frank Jackson, when they, with their combined salaries went over the taxpayer MLE, thus the Pelicans had like this line drawn in the sand that with the salaries they couldn't surpass. So everybody's been wondering, will the Pelicans do it again this year? Because let's face it, that could hurt them if they wanted to maybe do some trade or possibly sign some guy, uh, you know, it can affect their thinking as to where they're limiting what they can do. Uh, but the way I look at it is you go ahead and utilize all your exceptions because let's face the Pelicans need that out of their roster. And the chances of them really going um, well and above into the luxury tax just aren't there. I mean, if we're not bringing in a Paul George, you know, LeBron James, some giant name, uh, there is no need. And it doesn't seem like Del Demps is motivated to go into the luxury tax. So it seems to me that the hard cap top talk is kind of uh you know useless in a sense because the pelicans need to spend some money to gain some more players on their roster so the way the only way they can do is to utilize all these exceptions available to them so by signing elford to 2.7 million not the veteran minimum obviously as you just mentioned presence coming out of one of the exceptions and then there's still of course rajan ronda needs to be signed 
and I'm not buying at all that he's just going to accept 3.9 million, which is 120% off uh, his salary last season, which um, is what the Pelicans would need to pay him to avoid paying him with uh, any out of an exception. So this signals to me hard cap, and they're not going to throw it all their money at, like I said, one big, small. I mean, we're all hoping for a small four, but that's not going to happen either. So it looks like they're going to start picking out some little fish. And as you've mentioned, we've heard about all these centers being linked to, like Kyle O'Quinn. And I think Cush, Scott Cushner, the advocate, talked about Jeff Ennis. So we've got about four, four roster, three or four roster spots to fill out if they resign Demarcus and Rajon Rondo. And the only way to do that really is through the exceptions. All right. Thanks, Ali. Uh, there's there's a lot of information to, impa- uh, to unpack with the NBA salary cap and all its uh, restrictions and rules. And I will readily admit that I am still learning myself and I draw from resources like Ali and David Fisher uh, to learn some of these uh, stipulations. Let's go over to Kevin. We've got some questions from Biggest23 and Kevin Draves. Their questions are, why not Seth Curry for the backup uh, PG position? And what does the si- the Peyton signing bring to the team? Isn't there a log jam now? And I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to add on to it. Kevin, there are other point guards that are available. Shabazz Napier, of course, Ian Clark, who I still hope the Pelicans will have interest in. Dante Exum, Isaiah Thomas, Shelvin Mack, uh, Seth Curry, as big as 23 mentioned, and Shane Larkin. Why, Kevin, do you think the Pelicans wanted to bring in uh, Alfred Payton? One thing is, you know, I think they realize that they need size of the backcourt, and Alfred Payton is bigger than all of those guys you just mentioned. Um, and he has a nice wingspan. He's a good rebounder. He's an, he's a good passer. Obviously, he's not a good shooter. Um, we know that. Um, and we played with a point guard who wasn't a good shooter. Uh, the things that I, I have questions about, you know, and I, I you know, I irrationally have a strong love for Alfred Payton just because he's from Marrero, went to Eric, um, which is great, all that stuff, went to ULL. And I just sort of like him. He, he comes he comes by uh, Port of Call where I work sometimes, and he's always very nice. Um, so, you know, I'm a big fan of his. I like him. I understand the questions about him because he hasn't been uh, an impactful player or a player that you thought he was going to possibly be coming out of college. Now he's been in some bad situations. Um, hopefully playing with some better players in a style that better fits his style of play will help him. Um, I wouldn't expect him to develop a jump shot. I don't think anybody should. Um, If you get something out of him offensively, great. Um, But I think size is one of the main reasons and the cost also. And I want to say, Ali, isn't it possible because you can stagger moves that they could just waive Okafor and Liggins and then sign Alfred Payton just into the cap space and still have full MLE or BA uh, biannual? No, no, you can't do that. The MLE, when you're thinking of in terms of whether a team's above the cap or below the cap, uh, let's say the total salaries did come out to be less than uh, the 101 million, whatever, and change. Um, You're still, you have to count the MLE and uh, the BAE exceptions, along with all the trade exceptions, the team would have to renounce literally all those, plus all the cap holds, in order to actually create that cap space. Okay. And as we all know, that's not going to be worth it just for a couple million right, or what, right. seven million at the most? No. Yeah, but I mean, also, this I think a little bit of it is possibly negotiation leverage with Rondo, because while Rondo deserves what, you know, the, the six or seven million. Um, that he's asking there's not a market out there for him 
and we're we really are negotiating against ourselves with him like we've done in the past so bringing in a guy who seemingly is somewhat similar although he doesn't have you know the fast the incredible basketball iq and the championship pedigree that rondo has um you know you're also leveraging well hey we can just move on to this younger version of you um you know and good luck finding another spot uh that's going to pay you you know, five million, which I'm sure five or six million, which I'm sure they're comfortable paying him when he's asking for that eight million. Um, he's not going to find that anywhere else. So um, it could also be a little bit of that. And it's also probably one of the reasons you hear them um, talking about bringing in Kylo Quinn, the same leverage play with uh, with the Marcus Cousins. Like, look, this is one of the better passing big men in the league. He is a good jump shot. He's, you know, he's not the offensive force that you are but he's a better defender and he, you know he does a lot of what you do on the court so we have these ways that we can replicate what you do and replace what you do with with uh other guys who are healthy and ready to roll so you know i think a lot of that is uh somewhat leverage on their part and a one-year deal for Alfred payton isn't gonna swing you either way really i mean i'm happy to have him here so um that's cool i you know i still think there's a lot of other needs obviously we all know we need a three and that should be sort of the main focus going forward after this move i would think um and then you know if they bring in kylo quinn too that'll be amazing for me so it looks like adele demps is putting his faith in the pelicans ability to develop this young prospect we've seen across the league that it can sometimes take point guards a bit longer to develop because they have to see so much more of the floor than some other positions uh some things about him obviously triple doubles are the sexy part about his game uh averaged 11 6 and 5 in 19 games with the suns shot but 44 percent and 20 percent from the field with the magic last season 13 and a half points, six rebounds, four assists, three turnovers, 1.4 steals, negative plus minus of negative five, 65% from the free throw line, 49 and 32. Uh, some of his strengths, as uh, Kevin mentioned, size, he's 6'4". Uh, he's effective when he charges the paint, but he's not really aggressive. This is uh, directly from N- NBA Draft Express. Uh, he doesn't really enforce his will, not overly aggressive. Weaknesses, of course, defense shooting uh focus can often disappear from quarter to quarter but with that being said kevin has mentioned some of his upside and ali has has mentioned the two of them had mentioned his size now you guys know how i stand on alfred payton so i'm just going to go ahead and give you some stuff that a guy much smarter than me said he's a he used to be a former scout for division one power five conferences now he's into basketball analytics scouting nylon calculus forum blue and gold you name it his name is Tim Cranjus, somebody I highly respect, comes up with his own formulas uh, with his own team. He said he grades out as a 23rd percentile overall defensive player and a 5th percentile defender, now 100 being the best, uh, first being the worst. He's both far worse than any Laker rotation player. Multiple teams have recently realized he can't cut it, and it's easy to see why. You can't keep him on the court with defense like that. It's a hard no from me. By comparison, he has Tyreek Evans and Shabazz Napier, 84% perimeter D, 81% catching and shooting, 96% playmaking. How you use them, 98% off-screen shooter. That's Tyreek, uh, a little bit less for Shabazz. 74% spot-up score for both of them, 86% pick-and-roll score, very similar to Napier. Both should be top targets for teams needing point guard depth. This is directly from Tim Krangis. Ali, are you surprised the Pelicans went uh, the develop the developmental uh, route instead of targeting somebody like these other veterans that Tim mentions? Yeah, like I was inferring, that really does surprise me. 
Um, but then again, what you, what this tells us kind of is the fact that, like, for instance, Tyreek Evans, he's not going to be in the Pelicans' price range. Um, other guys probably also are going to fall in that same category. Where Dell is trying to honestly fill in um, a, a kind of a big position. Let's face it, Rondo was only in court for roughly 26 minutes a game, and he missed a bunch of games too, like around, what was it, 18 to 20. So uh, they they legitimately need a decent backup. And they probably feel like Alfred Payton is not only, like I said, they feel like they can mold him into something serviceable, but the fact that he came at a cost, at a price that they liked, because we all know the holes. I mean, the two biggest holes we've talked about like all season long was, of course, a small forward and then having a, a tough rebounder, another big guy that kind of does the dirty work. So you've got to save as much space as you can with your exceptions to bring in two guys like that. And but, you know, we should be happy that at least we're hearing the Pelicans are being connected to guys that could fill those roles. So Alfred Payton taking up two point six million. Kevin just said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it, too. And I, I hear you, Preston. I don't have too much hope on this guy getting it because it's one thing just to have a lack of desire. It's totally another when you honestly just don't have an IQ, like an awareness for it. And I watched some video last night and I cringe on some of these pick and rolls. Like, for instance, somebody would just set a simple pick and roll on him at the top of the key. And he literally would just like stop at the screen. A couple of times he fell to the floor. He had no idea how to spin off of them, how to evade them. Um, I think it's more than just ever with him. But again, I hope I'm proven wrong. All right. And we'll, we'll keep you. it at that. Sorry, well, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think you also got to think about uh, Darren Ehrman's role in this. I mean, you saw the way he improved uh, Steph Curry's ability to, to uh, cover up on pick and rolls. And I think they they probably showed him his tools and, and thought, you know, there's something there that we can work with and try to make it work. And if it doesn't work out in a year, I mean, it's just it's just a one-year commitment. So we'll see how, how it goes. And then, of course, you also still have, you know, some safety nets and Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday to help cover up for bad defense. But, you know, hopefully he can, uh, you know, at least play at an average level. And as far as uh, replacing Ian Clark, I think, you know, that's what Frank Jackson, the hope is there is that Frank Jackson just steps into that role. Um, So I think they're okay with the guard rotation really. All right, we'll see. Frank Jackson is uh, pain-free. Will Gullery reports from uh, Summer League, where we will be in a couple of days. He's being held to 25 minutes per game, but we should be able to see up close and in person uh, just how effective he can be on the next level. Some late-breaking news. Mike Scott has just signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. That's some somebody that Pelicans fans have been interested in the past. Bialitsa is now an unrestricted free agent. The Timberwolves cut ties with him when they brought in Anthony Tolliver. This is both being reported by Woj. Uh, let's start talking about DeMarcus Cousins. I'll start with Kevin. This was a report Alex Kennedy posted. Sam Amick of USA Today has heard DeMarcus Cousins is extremely interested in teaming up with LeBron James. It's a really compelling idea for him. He's always had an affinity for the Lakers in general. So this is sort of a perfect storm. Of course, we know last year, LeBron not only picked him to his all-star starting squad, he called him the best big man in the NBA. With that being said, DeMarcus Cousins is kind of in a precarious situation right now following his injury. There's not a lot of money out there for anybody, much less DeMar- you know, a big man coming off a torn Achilles. Kevin, talk about, uh, obviously, at, at this point, there's only about $13 million existing under the Los Angeles Lakers cap to sign somebody like DeMarcus Cousins. What do you think the probability is that DeMarcus Cousins would take a pay cut like that just to sort of spurn the Pelicans and join LeBron James? I think DeMarcus Cousins is realizing that he's taken a pay cut regardless. I mean, uh, look, it's a, it's a shame because he is a incredibly talented offensive 
offensive basketball player. Um, I mean, you, you can go back. I think a lot of people sort of have let themselves forget how dominant he can be as an offensive player, as a scorer. Um, and this injury has, you know, robbed him of a chance to be in his first playoff game. And then also uh, what would have been a really nice payday for him, a payday that he'll probably deserve again soon, hopefully. Um, but, you know, who, I mean, most players would love to play with LeBron James. And then there's always the lore of LA and the Lakers. And I think the way the Lakers, the moves that they're making right now, I think they've sort of like taken the new, accepted the fact that they're not getting the second star this year. You know, let's just wait out and, and sign Kawhi in the off season. Or maybe if the Spurs get desperate um, at the deadline, make the move then. But the way they're setting up their team now, um, you know, if you're Marcus Cousins and say the Pelicans are offering you 18, but you could somehow, if the Lakers could make some moves to offer you 15, uh, I mean, maybe why not go there? Uh, because, you know, obviously if the Pelicans are offering you to pay to pay you 18, that's, uh, you know, that's not great for the relationship between team and player who was a star player who they're hoping to get back to that that all-star, um, all-NBA kind of uh, player that he was. So there could be some hurt feelings there and then, you know, go to L- the, the bonuses of going to L.A. and playing with LeBron and being in the spotlight all the time, uh, you know, might spurn him that way. Now that's assuming that L.A. feels the same way about Mark's Cousins, you know, which they might because, you know, they can take a gamble on a guy like that this year and make their move for Kawhi next year and see how that all works out. Um, but it would be interesting to see. But I think, you know, right now the only real suitors are us, uh, possibly the Wizards in a sign and trade and maybe the Lakers. Uh, but I don't, I, I really just think it's going to come down to him coming back for a, a lot less money than he expected, maybe on a much shorter deal than uh, expected. Because I was thinking, there's going to be a two plus one, but now it might just be a one year and go back out in free agency in 2019 when everybody has a lot more money. Yeah, it's certainly got to be disappointing for both he and his family, the way he was playing 25, 13, over five assists uh, per game, playing the best basketball of his life, could have been in the playoffs for the first time in his career. And unfortunately, this is just where we sit now. Ali, uh, Fletcher Mackle reported last night on Twitter. It wasn't even reporting so much as just spreading something that he heard that the Pelicans offered him initially a first year at 18 million and a team option at 20 million. Uh, the Lakers could carve out some of that space if they renounce Julius Randle. Do you think he comes back at potentially at that number or do you think it'll be even less? I think without a doubt, I've been maintaining this all week that he's going to remain with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I just never bought into everything they're out there because the guys I do follow, the guys I talk behind the scenes, none of them saw real serious interest from either from the Dallas Mavericks or the Lakers and Boogie. So therefore he had no market. And when you keep hearing his name over and over and from certain people, especially at that, for instance, I think David Griffin was really on this train of getting DeMarcus Cousins to LA. Um, Supposedly he's got ties with Cousins agency. You know, you learn about who's uh, is pals with who. And so I never bought in that. So no, I don't think at all the Lakers are bringing this guy back. I've been maintaining it. Why does LeBron James, who's in the last part of his career, and Lakers, as, as we've been watching, are making all these win-now kind of moves, um, are they going to want to bring on Cousins, who is not going to play probably at all in 2018, the calendar year, 
And some are saying that he won't be back until after the All-Star break. Again, he, he would need to get his footing. He would need to get acclimated with his teammates. I just don't see a team that has legitimate playoff hopes in bringing a, a guy on a one-year, let alone two-years contract. So, no, I've never been in the Lakers buying in. So, with, with, with Fletcher saying, that makes sense, about $18 because suddenly there's no market, so there's no reason for Dell Demps to uh, either try and appease the big guy or have to compete against somebody else. He's really – that is boogie. Is at the whim of what the Pelicans want to do at what price point. So 18 sounds about right, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's even lower for uh, next season or a season where he's not expected to play much, if at all. All right, Kevin, this is from William Smith. He says, holy poop, you guys. LeBron is in the West, and the playoffs just got so much harder. Who is left in free agency beside our own guys that we need to re-sign ASAP? And, William, if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of amend your question a little bit because it kind of got me thinking – with all these superstars that have headed to the West, I think Ali posted something like 11 of the 15 All-NBA guys are now in the West. Somebody posted that all the first-team All-NBA guys from the last five years are in the West, except for uh, Joachim Noah, uh, Joachim Noah, however you say that. My apologies to him and his family. Uh, Kevin, eventually some superstars are going to start heading East. Does this make you nervous for all the players who aren't part of Golden State, Los Angeles, or Houston Everybody else in the West is going to quickly recognize that it's it's just a race for number four right now. Does that make you nervous for, for superstars like Anthony Davis or guys like Rudy Gobert that eventually they're going to start looking to the East? Uh, I don't know. I mean, everything's sort of cyclical and, you know, the league adjusts and adapts and makes changes. And I, I think, you know, we're on the verge of seeing um, a non-conference playoff system where it's, you know, top 16 teams and you battle it out that way. I think they're going to figure something out there. Um, I think that's coming soon. So um, I wouldn't get too worried about that, um, especially, you know, like we said, we have uh, Anthony Davis with the um, with the um, Supermax coming up. So I don't think you have to really worry about him uh, walking as much as people like to worry about it. Um, and then getting back to the question in terms of who's still out there, you know, obviously Kylo Quinn's out there. and Apparently the Pelicans are interested in him, and we, as I retweeted out today from a month ago, there was a picture of him hanging out with Alfred Payton. They were talking about how how awesome it is to hook up and link up again. So hopefully they hook up and link up here for a year at least uh, in New Orleans. And uh, other than that, you know, I think Thomas Sadoransky is still gettable. That's a trade, but it's a trade exception that could work. Um, you got uh, James Ennis, which was mentioned earlier, who's the former Pelican who both uh, Ollie and I liked and were disappointed that uh, they let walk in that, that year that he was here. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there right now, really. Um, uh, I don't know, Ollie, you want to jump in on that? Some other guys I'm going to look up. I had written a list I'll, of some. I'll take over for a second. Um, uh, just you are referencing the Supermax, and I just want to give that out to our listeners. That's five years and $235 million that Anthony Davis can sign uh, next year in extension if he stays. Obviously, you mentioned Thomas Sadoransky. Some of the bigger names that the Pelicans have been linked to, of course, we've mentioned mentioned JaVale McGee, who's now in Los Angeles, Trevor Booker, Rodney Hood, the Cavs say they'll match whatever offer uh, is made for him. Though it'll be tough because they're so close to the cap. Greg Monroe, Tyreek Evans has a meeting set with the Lakers. Kylo Quinn has a couple of meetings set. And Ali, just to give you some names out there of players that uh, are still on the market, notable guys. 
uh, Avery Bradley, Jabari Parker, Isaiah Thomas, Wayne Ellington is a popular one, but he is said to want to go back to Miami. Uh, that has not happened as of yet. Jamal Crawford, Alex Len, uh, I mentioned Bialisa, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle. Uh, you mentioned James Ennis, and of course, we've mentioned a bunch of point guards. Noah Vonley hasn't put it together, but he's another Alfred Payton-type uh, high lottery player who could put it together eventually. Ali, what guys do you have your uh, oh, your eye on? Real quick, also Kyle Anderson and Michael Beasley. You know, oh. those are two other interesting guys. And Luke Mabamute would be another interesting one. Ali, is there anyone in particular you have your eyes on? I, you know, I, I'm pretty much ruling out all the names you guys have just mentioned because I think they're going to cost too much. I think the exceptions are going to be used by um, Rondo and Alfred Payton, the full MLE. And so they'll just have really the biannual left. And with really, what is that? This, that's $3.5 million for next season. That's not going to attract hardly any of these guys we've been talking about. So I think that's why Jeff Ennis has been uh, rumored uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans because they really want him because he's like one of the few that can fulfill a lot of things they're looking for at small forward. I mean, other than him, then I guess you're stuck looking at what somebody like Joe Johnson, maybe uh, Shabazz Muhammad. You got to look a lot lower in the tier, you know, especially when you saw Glenn. What was it? Yeah. Glenn Robinson go for eight over eight million to the Pistons for two years. And then Jay Harris received the uh, Brooklyn Nets for around 16 million. So you got to think the Pelicans are kind of not in this price range. So their best bet, if they don't go after somebody like this, a lesser tier, is honestly they're going to have to take care of that issue through trade. And I really think that Del Demps, if he doesn't do it now, here in the month of July during free agency, he's going to wait until the trade deadline. Um, basically see what Solomon Hill's given to the team, see how people behind. Because remember, I think Darius Miller come back comes back so there's people to fill in you know bodies you got each one more still that can fill in so they've got the bodies um they just want to probably see what they've got because they're not going to have the money to go after these uh bigger names you know they're not big big names but again i don't think the pelicans will be able to afford them because we got to they seem very determined to resign rajon rondo all right some other names that are out there patrick mccaw golden state obviously uh into the tax ty wallace uh, an unrestricted free agent last year for the Clippers who played really well when he had to. Of course, they had all those unfortunate injuries to guys like Patrick Beverly and Mios Teodosic, and I'm forgetting the other one, but Austin Rivers was forced to start for a large portion of the game or, or a large portion of the season. And guys like Wallace and Sundarius Thornwell were expected to start in their in their place and performed quite admirably. Pat Connaughton's a guy who can play the two and the three. And, and my general point is this, uh, and I meant, I didn't mention Trevian Graham is there aren't a lot of teams across the NBA right now who have the availability to use their entire non-taxpayer uh, MLE, which is somewhere approaching 8.6 million. So there's just not a lot, a, a lot of that money to go around. So eventually some very good players are going to go for the veteran minimum, or at least for the biannual mm-hmm. exception. And they'll all try to go to Golden State or Houston or in all likelihood the Los Angeles Lakers first but after that if you can talk them into playing for the Pelicans like they did with Ian Clark and Rajon Rondo last year then there is the possibility that the Pelicans might be able to nab some form of talent even if it's not at the three position as Ali said Kevin you back with us man oh I never left (laughs) oh okay I heard a, a bang and I thought somebody left us uh so this one's from Jamo, uh, and he's basically just uh, beside himself with grief with everything that's happening uh, with the the West arming up to to become even more formidable than ever. He says, do you think we will go back to struggling for playoff places? A lot of the easy wins in the West just got tougher. Lots of non-playoff teams improving. 
could last season have been a false start? What can we do to improve? I'm scared for you. And we as well are scared with LeBron James coming to the Western Conference. Last year, we just had three matchups with the Lakers and we were ruining that because uh, they were a struggling squad. But I'm sure this year we'll have four matchups with them. Kevin, are you concerned about uh, just how deep the Western Conference continues to become? Regardless of LeBron coming over, it was still going to be this way. I mean, that the West is just tough. I mean, you could see Denver. Denver was arguably, you know, a playoff team also, even though they didn't actually make the playoffs. Um, you could see the Suns starting to make some moves that could possibly get them into a level where they could compete for the lower end of that um, of the playoff spectrum. It's, it's just always going to be tough. And then even if the Lakers hadn't signed LeBron James, you know, they had a young core that was developing that was fun that they could have added some other pieces and might have been in the mix as well. So um, I would, I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, it's definitely top heavy. You know, the, the top two teams are, are, are there and are tough and they're hard to surpass. But other than that, it's just always going to be a blood brawl no matter what. So it's just, you can't, even though last year's success was great, um, and I think we're a great team, and I think we're going to be very good again this year. There's no guarantee of the playoffs, even if we play just as well as we played this year, just because of the way the league is in the West. Now you got to own the Eastern Conference when you play over there, and that's that's going to be key to to really uh, beat up on the East to stat pad, you know, pad your uh, your win column. Um, so that makes it. Um, more important every every Eastern Conference game because the West is just always going to be tough. All right, late breaking news: Utah is re-signing Derek Favors, uh, Mark Spears of the Undefeated, and Shams Terania also reported uh, Anthony Tolliver's deal is five to six million. Ali, are you concerned about the Western Conference and the Pelicans' standings in it? You have to be concerned from the standpoint of injury, I think, because if the Pelicans lose one of their big three. And to me, the big three going in next year, of course, is Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and Nikola Miritich. I think if you lose one of those guys for any extended period of time, you're going to have some issues because the Pelicans' depth, again, looks like it's not going to be up to par with you know some of the more elite teams that can handle such a blow. Uh, it seems like the Pelicans are always perpetually have somebody injured or somebody getting off to a slow start to the season. Therefore, the team's always gotten off a slow start. You really want to see our starting group uh, come out of training camp healthy and are able to start from day one. If they can do that, then I'll feel a lot better because you don't want to start behind the eight ball because you guys are right. I think there's a lot more teams that are going to be kind of in it and really trying to make the playoffs now. Lakers, the Nuggets, uh, I think even the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks deserve some consideration as well. A healthy uh, uh, Marcus on uh, Mike Conley. I mean, that's a good, good duo that's always been successful when they've been on the court. And, you know, Dallas could surprise some people. They've got that center they've always wanted now, protecting the paint and grabbing the boards. And, you know, Luka Doncic could could really come in this league and, you know, from day one kind of be a very, uh, um, you know, imposing figure from a scoring standpoint where he's throwing up 16, 17, 18 a night. And then he's, got he's you know, flanked by Harrison Barnes and, of course, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's all going to be about injuries and health in general. If they can get off and avoid those bugs, I think we'll be fine with Kevin. Or like with Kevin, I agree that it's just really two teams at the top, even though the Rockets are going to slip some. Losing Trevor Ariza, I think, is going to come back and bite them in the butt a little bit. But other than that, you know, we're in the same boat as everybody else. You know, Portland, Oklahoma, they've got to withstand and uh, avoid certain injuries as well. So if we can do that, we'll be all right. 
All right. Uh, we're getting kind of behind. So I'm going to go ahead and take this question from John T. He says, who are some players the Pels should look to trade for, possibly shipping more solo Agensa picks, possibly Miller? And this is something that we just can't possibly know until we get closer to the trade deadline, because we don't know which teams are going to be looking to offload talent. As it sits right now, I think, you know, if somebody like Michael Porter Jr. is able to get healthy by January, the first the first person that the Nuggets would probably want to get themselves rid of is Wilson Chandler, because I, I find it hard to believe they're going to be able to offload uh, Daryl Arthur and uh, Kenneth Fareed. And then, of course, you've got Tobias Harris. Uh, if the Clippers don't perform particularly well this year, which I foresee happening, they might look to offload him for for a pick uh, and maybe some expiring talent in exchange for that and just kind of reset and start a, start adding to their to their new young core going forward. Of course, Kent Bazemore has come up in in conversation mo harkless uh the portland trailblazers are another team that need to shed a lot of salary they're also joined by the toronto raptors and somebody like a norman powell could become available but this is again something that we just can't possibly know until we get uh, a bit closer to the deadline which is when i think dell will ultimately make this trade uh this is a fun one so i'm going to give it to kevin it's from our friend at nola pelicans reddit he says why do we have to get alfred with a haircut of course he's referring to his haircut on may 18th uh, how much hair can he grow in a year? Is there a change.org petition we could sign? Non-Alfred questions. After Nico and Drew killed the hair game last season, whose hair should we watch next season for Adam Clawson to chart, Kevin? Well, I like uh, Drew being the face of the hair of this team. So I think let him have the let him have the hair game going. And, you know, we got the Alfred Payton with, that, with a haircut because we got Alfred Payton who's trying to improve his shooting. Um, there's a, there's some videos I posted actually in, in a article I wrote, uh, last off season suggesting Alfred Payton as a target where it shows how his on free throws, his, the ball was hitting the flap of his hair and that could possibly have been affecting his shot. Um, so, you know, hopefully that's the, that's the case. And, uh, we get the good shooting version as far as uh, a breakout hairstyle guy on the team i think maybe frank jackson you know i think he's gonna have some flair with him uh, it seems like he's that kind of guy he's a nice dresser um ollie loves his smile we know that um so i think he might be the breakout hair candidate for uh next season all right let's go to waka waka wakanda and we've kind of talked about this on previous podcasts but we're getting a little bit closer ollie preview summer league for us is there an unrestricted free agent rookie uh Trayvon Blewett, I think, is somebody we've talked about in the past. Who specifically are you hoping breaks out who is not named Frank Jackson or Czech Diallo? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm not changing my answer as Blewett. He he's six foot six, six foot seven. And if he could uh surprise and you know show that he belongs, and by that you want to see a player really own summer league where he's scoring efficiently, playing good defense. Um, he's showing that he's a step above that kind of level of talent there in las vegas so if blue can do all that I, I would love for the pelicans to add him as a two-way contract player alongside tony carr that is if tony carr shows well and therefore the pelicans kind of can do what the los angeles clippers did last season where they relied on their two-way contracts when seemingly all their whole team went down with injury um so yeah that's what i'm going to be eyeing for preston I think it's so vital that we get a small forward, some kind of backup wing with some size that can rebound, shoot the three, uh, one way or the other. Because, uh, you know, Solomon Hill, everybody's hoping, you know, the word hope. That, that's scary. And then, of course, you got to avoid all those injuries. So 
Trayvon Blue is the only guy I've got my eye on, and um, I know you've talked about DJ Hogg, and really, to me, that that's it's that's it with those two guys, other than Tony Carr and, of course, Frank Jackson and Sheik Diallo. All right, here's one from Clint White. I'm going to go ahead and take this one, unless, well, I'll, I'll get to the question. He said, what Simpsons characters would you equate our roster members to? He said, I'll start Rondo equals Lisa, Cerebral helps others, Jazzy, Okafer equals the sea captain, leader, best use sparingly old, <laughs> AD <laughs> equals Homer, lead character, loves his family, and will do anything for them. I don't know how much you guys uh, have watched The Simpsons. I personally am a Family Guy uh, fan, and here's what I have picked out. Uh, I my favorite episodes in the first three seasons back in the early 2000s were always episodes that paired together Brian and Stewie. And so I have as Stewie Rondo because he's he's hilarious. He's manipulative. He also like does that big bug eye thing, which makes him kind of look like a baby and quite hilarious when they get close up shots of it. Uh, you can see how incredulous he gets like Stewie. And then I'm pairing him with Brian as AD because he's got that classical timbre voice. He's very talented. He's brilliant. Uh, that sort of thing. Peter, I has I have his boogie. Obviously, uh, he's he's a big guy and he's kind of goofy and he's funny. Uh, Meg, I have as Alexis Agensa just because you kind of forget that he's there. And then <laughs> Lois, I have as Drew because I think that his game is so beautiful and the intensity he brings to the game. Not complaining, no matter what Peter does, uh, he's always just kind of there and reliable, holding the fourth down. And Quagmire is one that I had trouble with, but Kevin just mentioned that uh, Check Diallo is a snappy dresser, and I always think. Check Diallo might be kind of a, a ladies' man or envision himself as that. So I pegged him as there as that. Are you guys Simpsons fans? Do you have a rundown for this? Uh, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a long time, but I used to love it. Uh, I it's it's going to be hard, um, but I I just want to. There's a the John Ishup used to be that back alley, alley doctor. What was his name? <laughs> uh, we don't have him anymore, thankfully. Uh, then um, uh, the monorail salesman. That's got to be uh, <laughs> that's got to be Alvin Gentry because he can talk you into anything. I guess uh, in a press conference, uh, the monorail salesman was just in one episode, but that was a great episode. And uh, you know, it was a Phil Hartman character who was awesome for them uh, for the Simpsons for so long before, unfortunately, he was killed. But uh, yeah, I haven't watched it in a while, so it's a bit tough for me to give you that rundown. I guess. If anybody's listening to this, if you have any uh, qualifications for uh, Bart is not mentioned in here. Krusty the Clown is not mentioned in here. Sideshow Sideshow Bob. Go ahead, Ollie. No, I was going to say, I wanted to give somebody Krusty the Clown or Mr. Burns for some reason. I feel like they deserve a spot on on our team. So if anybody wants to chime in on that, uh, please do us a favor and comment under here which uh, corresponding Pelican player goes by those affiliations. Uh, That's it for now. We've all got a lot of work to do uh, this week, as you can imagine. But we will be back probably later in the week or when we get to Las Vegas to recap whatever transpires with DeMarcus Cousins or any other pickups the Pelicans uh, might make. If you guys are listening to this and you like it, please do us a favor and retweet this episode. It really helps uh, with our numbers, expanding the word, that sort of thing. And make sure you go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you prefer to listen and drop us a five-star review. It really does uh, make an effect for us. And we appreciate it so much. Hey, uh, Preston, Preston, before you go, uh, Lakers just renounced Julius Randle. So there might wow. be some in there. Wow, I bet a lot of teams across the league had cap space right now. Go ahead, Ollie. No, I was going to say, he didn't want to go back, so this is not a surprise at all. 
I know, but what team has has the space to utilize them? Obviously, you've got Chicago and Atlanta and Sacramento, but they wanted to keep that space available so that other teams across the – there are so many teams that are approaching the luxury tax right now that are going to need to offload salary, and the Kings, the Hawks, and the Bulls are in prime position to charge a premium uh, for that dumping. So I, I can't imagine that one of those three teams are going to want to give Randall a, a big payday. So somebody's going to come off with a great steal this year, probably just a one-year and then he'll go back into the free agent market in 19. But that is that is a big bit of news. Ali, uh, let's go ahead. You've been working really hard on thebirdrice.com. Anything you've got coming up in the next couple of days? Well, I'm, I'm in the process of doing a breakdown of all the salaries just to see exactly what is it going to cost, what can we expect it to cost for Rondo to come back. Like we've been talking on the show, but I want to really nail down figures fair by Rondo, Cousins, and then filling out the rest of the roster. See how much Dell Demps and the Pelicans have to spend. Nice. Kevin, you had a nice article the other day. What's next for you, sir? Uh, well, I probably uh, won't write again till summer league. Um, and then I'll let a story write itself while I'm there. You know, something will catch my eye that I'll jump into. And then, you know, I have this longstanding uh, coming up article that I'm going to work on with Chris Connor, where we come up with all new music for every scenario in the Smoothie King Center. Um but, you know, we're waiting for the roster to round out to really dive into that. But luckily, Dell wrote us an easy one, threw us a lob with signing Alfred Payton. We can go with the MC Thick Classic with the fellas be yelling. Uh, you know, it's the Marrero anthem. So that's uh, that's one part done for us already. So I'm looking forward to finishing that out with uh, Chris, though. Nice work. Of course, follow them at Ali Cosell and at Kevin B for Bounce if you don't already. My name is Preston Allison. You can follow me there. Uh, I'm doing double duty right now between that and Orlando Pinstripe Post, the SB Nation site for the Orlando Magic. Uh, we'll have a podcast on Wednesday. And when we do that, the reason that I mention this is I'll probably uh, pull one of those guys to the side and have them talk about Alfred Payton and his time uh, in Orlando and how it will directly transpire to his time in New Orleans. In addition to that, I'm going to write up something on Nikola Meritich in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to wait until the Pelicans re-sign Boogie to do it. And I'm going to talk about why Nikola Meritich could be a most improved candidate this season and why, if the Pelicans bring back DeMarcus Cousins for more than a year or two, they should trade him. But I don't, I don't anticipate that happening. As these guys have been saying, DeMarcus Cousins will probably just be back for a year. And at that point, uh, it's just a race of whoever plays better. Whichever guy uh, has a more successful season deserves the payday. And the other guy, unfortunately, will have to test the market. Anyway, that was a long-winded uh, exit for me. Thank you guys for listening once again. And we hope that you'll check out thebirdrights.com every single day this week. We'll keep you guys up to date. For now, let's go pals. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the bird calls on OTG and nothing but net here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Mm. 
Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.